It's a comic book pit. Okay. So as usual, I'm going to talk about three uh, indie books that are coming out this week. And the first one is Rat Queens number no. nine by uh, from Image Comics, written by Curtis J. Weeby and art by uh, I'm going to butcher this a little bit. Stapon Sajic. If you are a reader of Rat Queens, and you should be because it's an incredibly fun book. You know, this book has been plagued by delays pretty much since the outset. Um, the last issue was in October of 2014, and the last one before that was July 2014. Now, there was a, a problem in that the series artist, uh, Rock Upchurch, the original series artist, I believe was, uh, he had some issues with a d domestic violence uh, arrest, and so he was uh, dropped from the book. So in steps uh, Stepan Sajic, definitely no stranger to the fantasy comic genre. Um, he's worked on Death Vigil and Witchblade, current Aphrodite 9 series. So he's definitely got you know some skin in the game here but I was curious to see how his art style was going to mesh with with the current story for those uh, who may not remember because it has been a few months the town that the rat queens reside in uh, Palisades I believe or the Palisade uh, is under a psychic attack from a Lovecraftian type hell monster that was summoned by this character uh, whose <laughs> name I don't recall, but he's basically out for revenge on the captain of the town guard, uh, whose name is Sawyer, who is also uh, in a relationship with one of, one of the Rat Queens, uh, Hannah, I believe. This um, I, I would not say this is a, a jumping on a good jumping on book. However, um, this was probably my favorite book of the week up to this point. I've not read everything that's come out this week, but Anytime a Rat Queens book comes out, it's just so much fun, and it, it perfectly balances the humor and the action and the relationships between the characters, and each character has a, a just a great personality. The, the love for these characters is just comes through in this book. You know, again, unfortunately, the, the momentum of this book has dipped, but hopefully with the addition of Stepan Sajic that Rat Queens will be on a, you know, a tighter schedule uh, because this book is just one that is begging to have a 
a wider audience and a, a more consistent schedule. Just um, you know, and just a few um, words of uh, advice or warning. If you know, if 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 you're not a a current reader but want to be, that's awesome. Go pick up the first trade. Uh, the back issues are probably kind of hard to find. Go pick up the first trade, but be aware that it does not shy away from language and violence. Even though there's a lot of humor in this book, um, you know the 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 themes, you know it's some adult themes, you know of sexuality and um, kind of debauchery and uh, drug use. Uh, but it's it it sounds awful to say it that way, but it's but it's all done with a with just you know a sense of humor. And I can I cannot recommend this book highly enough in general. And uh, again, this issue, like I said, is just right now is my favorite of the week. Another book that really didn't shy away from anything uh, at all was Big Man Plans Number One, written by Tim Weish and Eric Powell, with uh, art by Eric Powell. Tim Weish may not ring any bells. It uh, um, certainly did not for me, unfortunately. But Eric Powell is a name I recognize, of course, by his creator-owned work, The Goon, and uh, some other stuff that he's done in the past. But mostly The Goon—that's his like kind of his big book. And this this was really an interesting <laughs> an interesting uh, story. I, I don't know if it's an ongoing or a limited series, but it's um tells the story of a uh, a young man born with dwarfism he doesn't they never really give him a name they just kind of refer to him as big man uh, he's had a um, born with dwarfism was bad enough but he's had a rough life uh, his mother left the family out of shame his father died in a fire uh, he and his sister were split up and sent to orphanages uh, this takes place in the current book takes place in the 70s. So he, um, believe it or not, uh, was in the uh, in the Vietnam War, is in an kind of an off the books black ops project where um, individuals with certain disadvantages physically were specifically chosen to uh, flush out enemy soldiers from their underground bunkers and. This was something that he excelled at. The project was shut down, and he and Big Man came back home to the to the U.S., where he was lost. He had nothing. He basically just screwed and drank his way, through, you know, through his days. And then he receives a letter that just changes everything. So he he you see him returning to his kind of uh, one horse hometown. Where you know everyone recognizes him, but also never expected to see him again. He was just kind of always a laughing stock and a joke. We don't know what the letter entailed. We don't know what he's doing there. But the last page uh, pretty much says it all that he's back for rage and revenge. Like I said, it really didn't. Sh this book didn't shy away from anything: language, sex, violence. It was really neat to see Eric Powell in this um you know doing this gritty dark kind of somewhat noirish book 
you know, it's and, and the, the it very much felt like a kind of like a period piece, especially set in the '70s. With uh, everything had this kind of sepia tone, and the, the the coloring really was an important part of telling the story, as as uh, as much as everything else was. Again, this book is not really for <laughs> for the faint of heart, but it's something that I definitely want to come back to and check out. So um, yeah, it's something I would I would recommend, especially if you're you know if you're a fan of uh, Eric Powell's stuff. This is a, a an interesting departure from his usual work. Uh, the last book I'm going to talk about is it's called The Big Con Job. It's uh, number one from uh, Boom Studios. It's written by Jimmy Palmiotti and Matt Brady, and art by Dominique Stanton and Paul Little. This book is is basically touted as Galaxy Quest meets Ocean's Eleven. So what you have is a bunch of kind of um, television has-beens, uh, actors who were, you know, in a hit television series or um, maybe in a movie, and they've since you know their popularity has faded, but their uh, you know their last little bit of celebrity is found at you know uh, comic conventions or pop culture conventions, which. If you've been to a comic or pop culture show in the last 10 years, you know exactly what I'm talking about. You know, the actors and celebrities that you remember as a kid or when your parents were, you know, kids almost. You know, these um, kind of washed up actors or, you know, just this is their thing now. They're, you know, doing the the con circuit. Um, This book definitely takes a lot of shots at the uh comic book scene as far as the you know like conventions and fans and the reality of genre work um sometimes it's sometimes it's funny uh but most times i felt it was just a little obvious a little cliche uh, a little heavy-handed with some of the commentary maybe it's just me maybe uh but, but i feel like they're not really enlightening us as far as conventions go, I mean, they're they're not really telling us anything that we, as fans, haven't already figured out from going to conventions. the The story you, again, you you have the um, a cast of uh, former TV actors who are just you know they're all kind of down in their luck in certain ways. Um, the beginning of the book there's actually like a very dark turn in the beginning of the book, and then it kind of sets up the theme for for the rest of the the issue but these you know the these actors are trying to trying to find a better way of doing things uh you know they feel like they're always getting screwed by their their promoter or their their manager and they are approached uh by another talent manager and then the last page says you know I, i've got a great job i want to rob san diego comic-con it's an interesting and kind of funny concept. There wasn't really anything, though, that, again, that really pulled me in. I think part of it was because this is going to be dragged out over four issues, and I feel like a story, especially when it involves a heist, is better told in one chunk. The fun of, the, of a heist is the momentum. is You know, the, the planning and the, the shenanigans that go along with it, and... I feel like if you have to read this in issues, you're going to lose some of that. I feel like this would have come off better 
you know, I, I, I would have rather read this in a one-shot, like in like maybe in like an oversized one-shot or a graphic novel or something. Again, I, I just feel like this issue, while it set everything up, didn't really, you know, just wasn't really anything there that kept me interested. Even the idea of, you know, watching these um, these actors get involved in this plan doesn't make a whole lot of sense because they're just actors. You know, it, it's not like when you watch a movie like Ocean's Eleven where each member of the, the crew has their own set of skills. You know, I'm not exactly sure how they're going to pull off this heist. You know, maybe I'll check out the second issue to see if it's any more interesting. I would say if you are going to check this out, I would say just wait until it's finished or collected. I would not recommend picking up the first issue. I didn't think it was that great. The art was pretty good. Um, I, I did like that. It was um, very appropriate for the story. The characters were, you know, pretty well. I felt fleshed out and had their own look. But again, the the execution. I I think the the idea is is interesting and kind of humorous, but the execution in this first issue just didn't really do it for me. So that's all I have for this week. This has been Dan with Comic Book Pit Episode 194, the Indie Comic Spotlight.